We begin today six lines from the bottom of the page and of Gimel Omid Beis. So the Gemara here brought a Braise that learned out from a Pasik, Isha Lachisa, Lesikah Litzer, Lagalas, Arvasa, Oleha. That word Oleha that it says by the Erva of Achais Isha. And the word Allah that it says by the mitzvah of Yibum. So we learn out that even where there's a mitzvah of Yibum, still there's the lav and the erva of a chesisha and there's no Yibum. And from there we compare to the rest of our eyes. So the Gemara now says as follows. Taime, the only reason that I say that when there's a isa erva, the mitzvah of Yibum doesn't apply. The cost of Rahman Allah, because we have this limud of Allah. But if not for this limud, then I would say, that even a chaisisha, or the other girsa here is miyavma, that even a chaisisha, the mitzvah of yibum still applies. The question, however, is, my time, what is the reason I would say, thank you, why would, what, what is the reason I would say that the mitzvah of yibum still applies even when there's an iser of erva? What do we have over here? The mitzvah of Yibum is what? It's a mitzvah saseh. And the lav, the isa erve, is a mitzvah sloisesa. What's usually the klal? The klal usually is esa dechelaisesa. But it depends. The Gemara now says, You would think the reason is because the esa of the mitzvah of Yibum should push off the erve, the lav, of achaisisha or any other of the arayas. But the problem is, when do I say that an Esa pushes off a Loisesa? That's Loisesa Greda. That's only if it's just a plain Loisesa where there's a punishment of Malchus. Loisesa Sheyesh by Kodis, but a Loisesa where there's also a Chi of Kodis, which is the Arayas that we're speaking about here, Midachi, there's an Esa push off such a level of a Loisesa. So you don't need any Pasik. When there's Esa Erva and there's Esa Kodis, so then it's going to push away the mitzvah of Yibum? That's the question. Now the Gemara is going to come to the answer on this question in a while on. But before the Gemara comes to the answer to that, the Gemara is going to first try to figure out what's Bechlal, the source of this whole entire concept of Esa Dechelois Esa. So another thing that we have to find the source for it over here is Lois Esa Gereide. Just a plain Lois Esa, which is Malchus and not Kodes, Minolon de Dochi. How do we know that an Esa pushes off a Loisesa? So this is interesting, the Rishayinim discussed this, that really you would think, without any Pasuk I would say, that a Loisesa pushes off an Esa. Because the punishment for a Loisesa is Malchus. If a person does not do an Esa, there's no Malchus. Simply you would think a Loisesa is more important than an Esa. But nevertheless, the Halacha is, Esa is the Loisesa. So there has to be a source for this. Al-Tareb in Tanya, in the beginning of Egeres HaTshuva, also speaks about this. That the Amis is, a Leisesa is more Chomer than an Esa. When the Gemara talks about the Kapara for a Leisesa, the Kapara for a Leisesa requires more than an Esa. But al says, on the other hand though, the Esa is more important because by an Esa you draw down air into the world. When a person refrains of doing a Leisesa, you don't bring down air into the world. And therefore, when you have them both in a situation where there's an Esa and a Leisesa, the Esa is going to be Deichid the Leisesa to give the Yid the ability to bring the air into the world. That's the way the Altareb explains it in Tanya. But the Gemara here, this is a Chiddush. The concept that Esa is Deich Esa is a Chiddush. So what's the source for this? So the Gemara brings here Kalayim and Tzitzis. Chsev or Shatnes and Tzitzis. The Pasuk says, Leisilba Shatnes. In Pashas Kisait, it says the, 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 the love of not wearing Shatnes. And, and right afterwards it says, in the next Pasuk, Gedilim Ta'asilacha. That you should put the Tzitzis on the four corners of your garment. So from here you see, that what, the, what is the Torah telling you? 
that the mitzvah of tzitzis could be fulfilled even if it's shatnas. That's why the Torah puts them both together. Now, Tesis over here, just to, you might think this is a strange drosha. Maybe you should say Pongfakert, the Torah is putting the love of shatnas together with tzitzis to tell you that even when you're doing the mitzvah of tzitzis, make sure that it should not be shatnas. So the Tesis says, no, that couldn't be the drosha, because if that's, if that's what the Torah is coming to tell you, why does it have to tell that to you? I would understand that on my own. There's a lav of shatnas, there's a mitzvah of tzitzis. Why would I think that you're allowed to wear tzitzis, the shatnas? The fact that the Torah puts them together for a certain reason, for a drasha, it must be that the drasha is for a chiddush. And that is to tell you that even if you're begged this shatnas, you can still wear tzitzis. And now here the Gemara is going to spend a while to actually explain how this drasha works. says, From where do I know when I have two psukim that are near each other, that I darshan and compare them to each other to darshan something? Shenemar, because there's a pasik that says, Smuchim, tilim, smuchim, la'ad, lo'ilam, asuyim, be'emes, v'yashar. When you have the psukim that are near each other, so this is for a reason to teach you a truth and it's the straight path. In other words, it's, it's trying to bring out a certain point by the smuchim. So that's how I know to darshan smuchim. That's the source. Now the question is, does, that, does everybody agree to this kind of a limud? That whenever there are two psukim and teira near each other, that you compare and learn them out from each other. Based on this concept that the smuchim, so Rav Sheishes, he brought from Rav Lozab ben Azariah a different drasha regarding smuchim as well, which we'll have also later on in the Masechta. What happens to a Yavama? Her, her husband passes away and now she has to get married to the Yavam. But the Yavam, her husband's brother, is a mukishchin. He's full of boils. She can't marry him. She can't live with him. So we don't close her, we don't force her and close her mouth that she can't say anything that she wants to leave. Now the term chaisman is usually used by an animal, but as we'll see, because we're learning it out from the Pasik, where it uses that term. So the Gemara uses this Lashon chaisman. So we don't force her to marry someone that it's impossible to live with. Shanema, there's actually a machlekes and rishenim. Some say that mukishchin means literally a person that's mamish, despicable, and it's impossible to live with. Some say that the Gemara is using an extreme example, but it really means in any situation that she says, this is a man I can't live with. I, I can't live with him. We have to accept what she says, and we don't force her to go and live with him, and he has, he has to do chalitza for her. Shanemar, so this is also learned from smuchim, from two psukim that are near each other. The Pasik says, which literally is talking about the animal when it's threshing in the field, and not muzzle the animal while it's threshing. So it's talking about muzzling. Right afterwards comes the mitzvah of Yibum. Brothers live together and one passes away. The mitzvah of Yibum. So from here we learn also regarding the woman, the wife, that we don't muzzle her mouth when she comes and argues that I can't marry this person. So that's the source of this concept that we darshan smuchim. But now the Gemara goes on further and says, not everybody agrees that you darshan smuchim. Even according to the opinion that says that you that usually we do not darshan smuchim to psukim that are near each other, we do not compare and learn one to the other. The Mishnah but when it comes to psukim in Mishnah and Sefer he will agree that you do darshan smuchim. And the Gemara brings a source for this. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that usually does not darshan smuchim, but Rabbi Mishnah Teireh Darish. In Mishnah Teireh, he does. Now, where do I see that usually he does not darshan smuchim? So the Gemara brings the entire source of this concept. The Tanya, because we learned in the Braise as follows. Ben Azai said of the following drasha of smuchim. Nehemar, it says in the Pasik, 
This is probably in Parshas Mishpatim. Mechashefa loisachaya. Do not allow Mechashefa to live. So someone that's doing Kishav is Chayev Misa. And then also, right afterwards, the Pasik says, Venema koshechevim behema moisyumas. Person that has a relation with an animal is also Chayev Misa. Why are these two Yisudim put near each other? So Benazai said, Samchu inyin loy, that's tighter writes it together, Ma shaykhiv in behema beskila, just like by the behema, the Pasik says that the Misa there is skila, as it actually brings, it says dmeyem bum, and the term dmeyem bum means skila, af mechashayfa beskila. So too, a mechashayfa is chayev skila. That's what Benazai said. But Rabbi Yehuda argued with him, Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, v'michim ipneish, samchu inyin loy, just because you have these two Yisurim and the Taira that are written near each other, is that enough of a source to give the Mechashefa the Misa of Skila? So he disagrees with the whole Drash of Smuchin here. Ela, so therefore Rabbi Yudah says, is a different source. The type of Kishav, which is through Oivi Yedaini, was included in the whole Isar of Mechashefa, any Kishav, which includes even Yedaini as well, a form of Kishav. Why does the Torah specify the Kishiv of Oivin Yedaini separately? And the reason is to compare to what it says by Oivin Yedaini. Just like by Oivin Yedaini, the Torah spells out that the punishment is Skila. So too, every Mechashefa is also Chayiv Skila. Now she brings that this limud that Rabbi Yehud is saying here is what we say every morning called Davashoy Bechlal, the Yatsim and Aklal. You have a klal, and then there's one detail that leaves that klal. It's leaving the klal, and the Torah is specifying a detail there to teach you that the same applies to the entire klal. And that's the point here regarding the Mechashefa. So here, so far we see that Rabbi Yehuda does not hold of the concept of smuchen if it's psukim that are not in Sefer Dvarim. On the other hand, from where do we know that Rabbi Yehuda does agree that in Mishnah Teireh you do Darshan Smuchim. The Tanan, because we learned in the Mishnah, also later here in the Masechte, Noisa Adam Anusa Savev Umbefutta Savev. A person is allowed to get married to a woman which his father had a relationship with, but not as a wife though. She was never married to his father. Either on Anusa or by force or by inducing her that is, but, not, but she was never his wife. So a person is allowed to marry such a woman. And the same, Anusa's benoy, Mufutas benoy, an Anusa of his son or a Mufuta of his son. That's allowed. Rabbi Yehuda, Oyser, Rabbi says, if it's a woman that was an Anusa to the, to the father or a Mufuta of the father, that's not allowed. So, what's the source of Rabbi Yehuda? My time with Rabbi Yehuda. Because when the Pasik talks about not marrying the wife of your father, the Pasik says, do not marry your father's wife, even if it's not your mother. And also the Pasuk says, Do not reveal the garment of your father. So it's an extra, extra the Pasuk is saying something again. What is it saying? The garment that saw, that was exposed to your father, you should not expose to yourself. And that, Rabbi Yehuda holds, refers to an Anusa. Not only to a wife, but even an Anusa of the father, a son is not allowed to marry. And how does he know this? How do we know that the, this extra pasuk of refers to the Anusa of the father? Because because earlier, the pasuk before, it says, The pasuk before is talking about the whole halacha regarding an Anusa, person that lives with a woman by force. 
The Samech and right afterwards it says, It says this Pasuk about not living with the wife of the father, and therefore we know when it says Knafov, it means the Anus of the father. So what do we see right here? Rabbi Yehuda is darshaning Smuchin. And these are Psukim that are in Chumash Dvarim. This is Psukim in Parshish Kiseitzei. Well, the Gemara concludes the concept. The Rabbanon, now according to the Rabbanon in, the, in that Mishnah, that hold that a, a son could marry a father's Anusa, why do they not agree to this Drasha? So they say, If, when it said before, the halachas of an Anusa, and right afterwards it would say, then, you would, then it's smuchen. Then, then, then you're right, I would darshan it this way. <coughs> but now this Pasuk where it says, doesn't come right after the Pasuk where it speaks about Anusa. Why? Because the first part of the Pasuk is talking about the father's wife. So therefore he says, that's not smuchin. It says in between another iser, so we can't darshan it. So therefore, according to the Rabbanon, when it says, lo what is that coming to add? It's saying that a son is not allowed to marry a woman, which is a shemeres yavam. Shemeres yavam means that she's waiting to, to be, get married to the father. She, her, the, her husband passed away, and now she has to get married to the brother, and she's waiting. She's a shemeres yavam, she's waiting to get married to his father. And on that, the Torah is saying that you're not allowed, uh, the son is not allowed to marry this Shemeres Yavam. Now the Gemara will clarify right over here, this Shemeres Yavam is not allowed to marry anybody else. One of the Yisurim by every Yavama is that she must marry this brother. She's not allowed to marry anyone else. What do I need a special Pasuk to say that the son is not allowed to marry her? No one's allowed to marry her. So the Gemara adds, That means that the Pasuk here is coming to say that this son will be over to Lavin. The regular love that there is for every Yavama that marries anyone other than the Yavam. And over here also the fact that it's a Shemeris Yavam of your father, there's a second love. Okay, that's the conclusion of the Gemara bringing the source that Rabbi Yehuda did not darshan smuchin and the rest of Taira. But when it comes to Mishnah Taira and Chumash Duvarim, he does darshan smuchin. Therefore going back to the Psukim by Tzitzis and Shatnis, over there he darshan smuchin. Because it's a Mishnah Taira. The Gemara doesn't address that, yep. Okay, so now the Gemara says, Ubimish Nataira, but now regarding Sefer Dvarim as well, my time at the Dorish. Why does he darshan smuchim in Mishnataira? So when you learn the Gemara Tiller, it would seem like that the Pshar is that for some reason in the rest of Tayri does not darshan smuchim, but in Mishnataira he does. But the Gemara says it's not so simple. There's a re- even in Mishnataira Gufa, there has to be a special reason why the Yehuda would agree to darshan smuchim. So the Gemara says, Either the reason why he would dash and smuch in a Mishnah Taira is because of Muchach. Muchach means that there's something here in the Pasik that's unusual that indicates that you have to dash and smuch him. Or only in a case where the reason is Mufni. Mufni means you have an extra Pasik. When there's an extra Pasik, then he says you dash and smuch him. And the Gemara will now explain this over here regarding the Psukim that we just brought up. And then it will explain it also regarding the Psukim we brought before regarding Tzitzis and Shatnis. But just before I go further, there's a Machlekes Tishayinab about how to learn this Gemara. According to um, Taisvis, the Pshat in the Gemara over here is that Rav Yehuda, when it comes to the rest of Taira, if there would be Mufni or there would be, there would be Mufni or there would be Muchach, he would dash and Smuchim there as well. But Rabbi Yehuda says, in the rest of Teireh, 
There, uh, there is never a case of smuchin where there is an indication in the Pasuk that there's something extra or there's something unusual that you could dash in smuchin. The only place where Rabbi Yudah says you find this is in Mishnah Teira. You don't find it anywhere else in Teira. So therefore he dashes smuchin only in Mishnah Teira. But there are other Rishayim that say, the, the Ravon, the Rebbe quotes this in Sichis, that, that he says that according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if you'll find in the rest of Taira a case where there's mufni or mochach, which the Gemara calls it, which means that there's something unusual, or there's something that's extra, he still won't dash and smuchim. According to Rabbi Yehuda, in order to be able to dash and smuchim, there are two conditions. It has to be dafkin mishneh Taira, and in addition, it has to be something which is unusual about the Pasuk to be able to dash it. In the rest of Taira, you will never dash and smuchim, even if it's mufni or mochach. And the reason is it's brought because Mishnah Teire, Moshe Rabbeinu said Nipi Atzmai. When, when Moshe Rabbeinu said Mishnah Teire, so he said it, it was a Ruach HaKadosh, but he also said it was Malubish in his Seichel when he said it. So therefore, it's something which the Smuchin has a reason for it. But in the rest of Teire, it comes directly from the Ebishter and there's no way we can dash in any of the Smuchin there. Okay, so the Gemara will now explain regarding these Psukim that we just brought, what is, what is unusual about these Psukim? Or what is extra about these pilkim? So the Gemara explains, Either the reason is because there's something that, that's clear here in the Pasuk, that it's unusual, and that is, Why doesn't the Torah, this whole lava here, of if it doesn't really belong here, why doesn't the Torah write this in the Parsha of Arayis? It's totally out of place. So that shows you, it's not just smuchen. It's smuchen of something that, that, that you see doesn't really belong here. That's one way to look at it. Or we could say, You see here in the Pasuk that there are extra words. It's enough for the title to write, Don't marry your father's wife. The second half of the Pasuk is just totally extra. Because it's extra, that's why he says, So that proves to you, because it's extra, it's coming to teach you that even the Anusa of the father, a son is also not allowed to marry. Now the Gemara comes back to Tzitzis, regarding Tzitzis and Shatnas. So according to Rav Yehuda, you only dash and smuchim if it's extra. So, or there's a muchach, there's something that's unusual here. So what is it? V'gabe Tzitzis, Nami, according to Rav Yehuda, regarding Tzitzis as well, muchach, either there's something unusual here, and therefore Rav Yehuda will dash and smuchim, or the reason is because there's an extra pasuk here, and therefore he dashes the smuchim. So now we can say the reason is because there's something that's unusual here, because the Mkain, If the Torah is just coming to tell you the mitzvah of tzitzis, why doesn't it say this in the mitz in the parsha of tzitzis? Parsha's shalach. That's that's the parsha of tzitzis. Why does it say it here in parsha's kiseitze? Why did the Torah write it here? So, Elamai is coming to teach you a new chiddush that you could do the mitzvah of tzitzis even with shatnas. Or the reason is because there's something extra here. What's extra? The shatness is extra here. The Torah already writes, That you should not wear a garment of shatness. This is a Pasuk in So Why does it have to say here in Parshish Kiseitse a second time that you should not wear shatness? So I see that this Pasuk of Shatnas here is an extra Pasuk to teach me that by Tzitzis you can wear Shatnas. Okay, so those are the two Pshatim to explain why even Rabbi Yehuda would dash and smuchim to teach you that the Esse is Deicha Leis and you could wear Tzitzis which is Shatnas. 
But now the Gemara is going to get into a whole discussion regarding the second shot that we just said here, that shatnas is extra in this Pasuk. Is it really extra here? These two psukim that it says regarding shatnas are both needed. Why? Because of the Torah would say the term of do not have it come onto your body. Which is what it says first in Parshish Kedoshim, Hava Minna, then I would think to say, Kol Derech Halo Any way of placing Shatnas onto your body, that's what Halo means, you're placing it on your body, is, is forbidden. And that would include, even people that are selling clothing, and sometimes the people that sell clothing, so in those days they didn't have these mannequins that they put the clothing on to present to their customers. So the sellers would dress themselves with these garments to show, to demonstrate to the customers what these garments look like. So I would think that even then the tater would say that it's usr. So Rashi over here says that the chiddush is, I mean the person that's putting on this garment does not even have kavana to wear it as a garment. He's just doing it to present to others. Other Rishayinim add even more. It's not enough the fact that, it's, that he doesn't have kavana. Other Rishayinim argue with Rashi. They say the point is that this person is putting on this garment, he's getting no pleasure out of it. He actually might even be getting pain from it. It's, it's too hot for him. He's not enjoying wearing this garment at all. So I would think that even then when he gets, he get, it's, it's, it's a pain for him. He's not getting any pleasure whatsoever. I would think it's still also for shatness. So cause of Rahmana, that's why we need the Pasuk over here in Parshish Kisaitse, where it says Loisilbash Shatnas, do not wear Shatnas. What does that mean? Dumye Dilavisha de Ispeano. You're only not allowed to wear the Shatnas if the person has Hano, but not a person that's selling garments and is, is, is trying it on to show people. On the other hand, because of Rahman Silbash, if the title would only write the Pasuk of Silbash, not to wear Shatnas, Havamine Dafke Levisha de Nofishane Levisha is the n- normal way of a person using garments, wearing garments where, where there's a lot of pleasure by this. Only then is it not allowed for a person to wear shatnas. But if a person places shatnas on his body, not like this seller that's presenting it to someone else, but placing it on your body, not in the usual way of wearing it, I would think that then it's allowed because you have less hana, you don't have the usual hana of like when you wear a garment. That's why the Torah has to write the term layala, that you shouldn't even have the shatnas placed onto your body. So therefore, the point the Gemara is asking is, we see that you can't say that the Leisilba shatnas that it says here, together with tzitzis, is an extra posik. We need both psukim. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can't dash in any smuchim here to teach me that you can wear tzitzis even though it's shatnas. But the answer is, no, it's still extra. Why? Because It would be enough for the Torah to write, don't wear shatnas. Why is it necessary for the Torah to spell out what shatnas is? That shatnas is tzemer and pishtim. And the Gemara explains this. Now, what do you mean? Why? Of course the Torah has to spell out what shatnas is. If it, if it wouldn't say that shatnas is tzemer and pishtim, how would I know what it is? So the Gemara says, Mechti, let's see. If the Pasik says, Do not wear a garment of shatnas. And uses the term beged. Beged, shatnas, do not wear. Now what does beged mean? That's the, the key over here. When the title says beged, a garment, how do we know what, what kind of material a garment is made of? So Rabbi Shmuel taught about this. You have a lot of times in the regarding different halachas where it just says the term begodim. It, it talks about garments. And we don't know what kind of garments the Torah is talking about, which materials. But then there's one time where the Torah specifies clearly that it's tzemer upishtim, that it refers either to garments made from wool 
or garments made from linen. So we're not talking about garment, uh, that a garment that's shot in wool and linen, but it means either wool or linen. Where do we see this? Rashi brings that the Torah regarding the halachas of the Negoyim. In a Beged, there the Torah specifies that the whole concept of a Nega in a Beged is only for a Beged that's either a wool garment or a linen garment. If you have a Nega in some other I don't know, polyester or anything else, the whole din of Negoyim doesn't apply. Only wool and linen. That's what it says in the Torah. So once the Torah specifies in one place that the term begodim means either tzemer or pishtim, af kol tzemer or pishtim. Anytime the Torah speaks about a garment, it means tzemer and pishtim. So if so, the question is tzemer or pishtim, the cause of rachmane, lamali. Over here, when the Torah repeats the law of shatnas again, so true, as we said before, it has to repeat the law of shatnas again to teach me the details about the hana and so on. But Regarding the two words, Tzemer Upishtim, why does the Torah have to write that again? I would understand on my own that the beggar that it's speaking about is talking about Tzemer and Pishtim. And it says Shatnis. What does Shatnis mean? Not to mix the two together. So I would know beget Shatnis means uh, not to mix linen and, and, and wool. So why does the Torah write that? Shma laf So the, the two words of Tzemer and Pishtim, they are extra. Even if the whole Pasuk is not extra, but the two words of Tzemer and Pishtim are extra. And that's Coming to teach me that you can wear tzitzis even if it's klayim, even if it's shatnas. Okay, but the Gemara is still not done with this. The Gemara says, Even the two words of tzemer and pishtim that seem to be extra, I could still argue that that's still needed. It's not coming to teach me that you can wear tzitzis that's shatnas. Why? Going back to the point that we said before, when it comes to shatnas, there's wearing it as a garment. And this shatnas that you can just place on your body to, to warm you and not wearing it as a regular garment. And it could be, I might think that there's a distinction. So now, itzrich, I would think that I need this to tell me as follows. There would be room to say, when it comes to placing the garment on your body, you don't have a lot of pleasure with that. So, and so over there, I would say that the Isser of placing the garment on your body, maybe that Isser is only for Tzemer and Pishtim and not anything else. Avolavisha, the Nafish but I would think, but maybe when it comes to wearing a garment, which is much more of Anna, so it's a bigger Isser, more of a Hanna on the Isser, maybe I would say Kotre Mini Yasser Maybe the Torah, when it says Beget Shatnis over here, the Torah is coming to say any type of Anna the Torah says is Asr. And therefore, Kasev Rachmane, Tzemer Pishtim. Maybe that's why the Torah has to specify Dafket Tzemer Pishtim to say that don't think that the Torah is repeating the Lav of Shatnas a second time to tell you that there's different degrees to this Lav of Shatnas. If you're having less of a Hanah of the Shatnas, then the Isra is limited. It's only for Tzemer Pishtim. If you're having more of a Hanah of the Shatnas because you're wearing it like a garment, then that Lav of Shatnas is a broader Isra. It includes other types of materials, not only Tzemer Pishtim. So that's why the Torah has to specify Tzemer Pishtim. So those two words are not extra. So the Gemara says, no, it still is extra because in came Lishtek Kra Minei, it would not be necessary for the Torah to write the two words of Tzemer Pishtim. Betesi shatnes shatnes mehalo. I would just compare it. I would learn out exeder shavet. I would. It says here shatnes. It says shatnes. The earlier time in parshas kedushim. I would compare them both times. The whole issur of shatnes is only tzemer pishtim. There'd be no reason to think that shatnes applies to any other materials. So therefore, the question still remains: Why did the Torah write the words tzemer pishtim? And the answer is, like we said, because it's teaching me that by tzitzis you can wear tzitzis even if it's shatnes. 
Okay, so this is the conclusion of the drasha. Even according to Rabbi Yehuda, Tzemur Pishtim is extra words. Now the Gemara has another question here. Is this the source that you're allowed to wear it tzitzis even though it's shatnas? The Gemara is going to bring that seemingly we have another source for this. The Tana de Rabbi Shmol. According to Tana de Rabbi Shmol, we just said that Tzemur Pishtim are extra. Because we would know it's Tzemur Pishtim. So time the cost of Rahman at Samar Pishtim. So you're telling me that I'm learning that you can wear it sitzes, that's shatnas because of the extra words, Samar Pishtim. Halavachi, if not these extra words, so then I would say Klayim bit sitzes, wearing Klayim, shatnas with sitzes, have a minute I would say that the Taita says it's forbidden. But the problem is, I'll tell you, there's really another source before this. Because it says in the Taita, Vasalem Tzitzis Alkamfivigdayam. You should play the tzitz, place the tzitzis on the corners of your garments. And now the the Rabbi Shmol. So it says here, Bigdayim. What does Bigdayim mean? What kind of a garment are we talking about? So as we said before, Rabbi Shmol says, Kol Bigodim, anytime it says in the Torah, any garment that it speaks about, over here, Bigdayim, what is this? Tzemer Upishtimheim. It's either wool or linen. And what is the Torah saying? Avid You should place into this garment, the strings of the tzitzis, which are made tcheles, which have to be dyed tcheles. And now the Gemara says, now what are these strings of the tzitzis that you place into your, gar- your garment of tzitzis? Tcheles amrahu. The tcheles is made of, li- of, of, uh, of wool. How do we know that the tcheles is made of wool? Umimai the tcheles amrahu. How do I know this? That tcheles is wool. Amra means wool. Midesheish. Kitna, because sheish, when it uses in the title the term sheish, which is linen, sheish means linen. So therefore, tcheles amrahu. I know that tcheles means wool. What's the Gemara saying? So Rashi says, the Gemara here is referring to the Big Day Kahuna. When you look at the different materials that the title says the Big Day Kahuna are made of, it says it's made of sheish, which is linen, and then it says it's made up also of tcheles and argomon and telas shani. So what are all these different materials that the Big Day Kahuna are made up of? So the Gemara is saying that sheish means linen. And then the tcheles, the argomon, the telas shani, the, whether it's blue or purple or red, those are all wool. Right? The big day kahuna were made shatnas. At least the gartel of the big day kahuna was made shatnas. So from there we understand that when the Torah says tcheles, tcheles is wool. So now what's the Gemara's question here? The Gemara is saying, if you look in the very Pasuk itself, that itself should teach you that tzitzis can be shatnas. Why? Because the garment itself may be either wool or linen. That's what Rabbi Shemal said. Whenever it says in the Torah, Big Dayim, it could be even linen. So you have a linen garment and you have wool tzitzis. So wool tzitzis that are tied into a linen garment is shatnas. So just by looking at the Pasuk itself and seeing how the mitzvah is said, shouldn't that automatically teach me that it could be done with shatnas? Why do I need the special smuchin that we said before to teach me that it's done, it could be done with shatnas? So the Gemara answers no, just from the Pasuk itself, where it says, that does not prove that you're allowed to make your tzitzis shatnas. Why? I still need the special drasha we had before, that it says shatnas together with tzitzis to teach me that it can be made shatnas. Because if not for that drasha, I would think to say, like what Rav said. And here in this drasha of Rava, we're going to see that tzitzis cannot be made shatnas. The Rava Rami, Rava asked the question, Ksiv, in one pasuk it says, Hakonov. When it describes the mitzvah of tzitzis, it says, Hakonov psil techeles. What does Hakonov psil techeles mean? Hakonov means, min konov. 
that the strings have to be the same exact type of material as the garment itself. But in another Pasuk it says, over here, the Pasuk that we're quoting until now, where it says the mitzvah of tzitzis and parshas kiseitze, so it says semeru pishtim. Right before that it says semeru pishtim, which means that as long as your strings are made of wool or from linen, it doesn't make a difference if it's the same min as the garment itself. So the question is, does the strings of the tzitzis have to be the same type of material as the garment itself or not? So what did the other answer to this? How do we answer this question? It depends. If you're using for the strings of your tzitzis, wool or linen. So now, if the strings are going to be wool or linen, so then the Torah is telling you that you can use wool or linen strings, either one, as long as it's not going to end up being shotness. And therefore, using wool or linen strings are going to pat to you. They can be used for tzitzis. Whether you're using them and that the strings are the same mean as the garment itself, as long as it's not going to be shotness. So if the, wool, if the, the garment itself is wool, then the strings have to be wool. If the garment itself is linen, then the strings have to be linen. And bang, shalai biminan. And also shalai biminan, which means that if the, the strings are going to be from wool or linen, so then if your garment is going to be from uh, it's going to be from silk or any other material, it's also going to be okay. Because over there there's no issue of shatnas either. That's if your strings are going to be from tzemer or pishtim. So you can, you can use tzemer or pishtim with a garment, whether be minon, whether shaloi be minon. The point is, as long as it's not going to be shatnas. Shar minin, however, if it's other minin, meaning if the strings are made from silk or any other material, so then biminon paitrin, here's where the Torah gives the condition of hakonof, that the strings have to be from the same material as the garment itself, that if it's the same material, then it patas for the mitzvah of tzitzis. Shaloi biminon ain't paitrin. But if the, the tzitzis, the strings, which are not from linen or, or, or wool, but it's a different material, it could be silk or whatever it is, so then it, it, if it's not going to be the same min as the garment itself, it's not going to pattern. So what's the point that we see from Rav Rasha? That by the mitzvah of tzitzis, when you look into the psukim, the pasuk of hakonof, min konof, and then the pasuk of tzemer pishtim, we interpret this to mean that the mitzvah of tzitzis has to be done in a way that it will not be shatnis. So therefore, we can't say that we would learn it just from Al-Kanfei Bigdayim, because Adarabi, in these Psukim we see that it should not be Shatnas. And that's why we have to have the Drasha of the Smuchin of Tzemer and Pishtim, that it says it near Tzitzis, to tell me that it could be Shatnas. But could, could we say that this is an answer for Rabbi Shmuel? Rabbi Shmuel does not hold of this whole drasha of Rava. Why? Because according to the drasha of Rava, when the Pasuk says, what is Hakonov talking about? It's not talking about a linen garment or a wool garment. It's talking about meshi, silk or any other kind of a... Uh, strings that are not from wool or linen. But Rabbi Shmuel's opinion is when the Torah talks about the tzitzis, the beged, it's only talking about wool or linen. So Rabbi Shmuel doesn't hold of this drasha of Rava altogether. So therefore we go back to our question, according to Rabbi Shmuel, when the Torah says, Al-Kanfe Bigdayim, shouldn't that itself teach you that the garment itself could be made from wool and the tzitzis could be made from linen, which is shatnes. So why do we need the special drasha that we said before of the smuchin from the shatnes and the tzitzis to say that it could be made shatnes? So the Gemara answer is, no, it's I still need that special drasha. 
because I would still think to say ki that Rabbi Shmuel would say similar to the diuk of Rava, even if not exactly like Rava said that Hakonov is speaking about a different kind of a garment, which is not wool or linen. Rabbi Shmuel holds that Torah only speaks about wool or linen, but I would still think similar to what Rava says that it does not include shatnis, and I would say as follows. Hakonov min konov, when the Torah says Hakonov, and it means that the tzitzis, the strings, has to be the same material as the garment itself. This is what the Torah is saying. That when you make your tzitzis, so the strings have to be wool, like the garment itself, which is wool. Or linen strings for a linen garment. That's... In a, in a case when you're, when you're using Tzemer or Pishtim, it has to be each for its kind, that it shouldn't be uh, Shatnis. And Vchiyavidas Tzemer le Tzemer, and when you make the garment of Tzemer, of wool, so then the Tzitzis is also wool, so then Tzave. That's where the mitzvah of Tcheles comes in, to dye it Tcheles, because Tcheles is only with its wool, as we brought before, that Tcheles refers to wool. Uh, but if it's Pishtim, then it does not have to be dyed as uh, Tcheles. But maybe to make the tzitzis, that if the garment is tzemer and the tzitzis are going to be pishtim, or the other way around, the garment is pishtim and the garment and the, the tzitzis are going to be tzemer, maybe that is not allowed. So even though it's true that according to Rabbi Shmuel, al kanfei bigdayam is referring to tzemer or pishtim and not any other kind of a material, but maybe from hakonov I would say that this means that it cannot be shatnis, that the tzitzis has to be the same material as the garment itself. So therefore, kosov rachmana tzemer or pishtim, that's why we have the extra words of tzemer or pishtim regarding the iser of shatnis that it says right near the mitzvah of tzitzis, ta'fil tzemer le pishtim or pishtim le tzemer. That you can make the tzitzis even in a way that it's shatnis, that the strings are wool and the garment is, is linen or the other way around and it's allowed even though it's shatnis. So this is the conclusion, at least according to Tanid Be'er Rabbi Shmuel, that the words Tzemer of Pishnama extra, that teach me that Esse Doiche Loisesse, as we see it, Benigea to the mitzvah of Tzitzis and the Loisesse of Shatnas.